This is Driven Forward, Influential Leaders Powered by God's Will, hosted by me, Jordan Johnstone. The influential leader we will learn from this month is Donna Latier. You will catch on fairly quickly to the fact that from an early age, Donna has not been afraid to go after something. Her father worked in the oil industry, which meant Donna and her family moved all over the world, a situation which gave her a love for everyone and a desire to always go after what she felt would bring joy and accomplishment to her life. Let's listen now as Donna begins her story. All right, so Donna, you have only a 30-second elevator ride to introduce yourself to someone. What will you say to make sure that they remember you? I'm a mom. Uh, I have a daughter who's won four gold medals in the Olympics, albeit Special Olympics. Um, and I AB tested marriage, and B is working out real well. All righty. So, growing up, uh, where would you call home? Like, what what was your hometown? That's actually a great question. Um, I moved around a lot, so my mm. home was where my mom, dad, and my sister were. Mm. I mean, we left Texas when I was three. Spent a little bit of time in California, then Alaska, then back to California, then Singapore, then London lived in Scotland. I've lived in Denver, San Antonio, Dallas. So it's really wherever my folks were was where home was. Wow. Were you military? Oil. And Ah. now my dad's a minister. So he became a minister uh, when we lived in Alaska. Okay. Wow. Wow. So what would you, like, if you think about a hometown or like, where was the, like when somebody's like, oh, where, where you grew up or, you know, what is there a certain place that you pinpoint? And if you can, how did that shape you? Like how did that city or that neighborhood or wherever, like how did that shape who you became? There's probably two. My younger years from first grade through fifth grade was in Alaska. And so we spent a lot of time, you know, I skied to school. I skated at recess. I was the first girl on a hockey boys hockey team. Um, And it was, you know, back then, um, I literally was the family TV clicker, you know, being the youngest, Donna, go turn the channels. Um, but we spent a lot of time because of the weather. You know, we'd play Monopoly and we really, our social life revolved around church and sports. Mm. Uh, and then in high school, we were in Singapore. And so once again, we moved to a country where we knew no one and really settled in with each other. And I've always been a homebody. And Mm. so, you know, we've always traveled together. Um, My sister and I are only 18 months apart. So, um, you know, in key formidable years, you know, in elementary school, it was family being outside, um, always having confidence to try new things because my parents most notably my dad pushed and said, you can do anything you want to do. Um, and in Singapore really growing into, um, how I feel about diversity and acceptance and being with different cultures, um, I think has shaped who I am. Yeah. Well, I bet (laughs) that's a, that's a pretty broad uh, spectrum there of, of different cultures that you were a part of. Yeah. So what was the hardest lesson you would say that you learned as a child? Hardest lesson that I learned as a child? Um, probably 
in Alaska, um, we uh, the it was centers around Earth Day, which is a big day for gardenuity. Mm-hmm. And my mother was always a believer um, in you know do it yourself, uh, and if you get in sticky wicket, ask for help. And Earth Day, there the school was hosting a whoever brings in the most bags of trash, you get a raffle ticket for each bag of trash you brought in. And it, it's around the Chinook season in Alaska when everything's melting. So there's lots of trash around. And I somehow talked my mother into saving trash uh, so that I could bring it all in because there was a yellow Schwinn bike that was being raffled off. And never, I was always happy to get whatever, um, but I'd never had a new bike and I mm. thought I want that bike. And so I was pretty confident that because my mother had literally cheated and saved trash for a month, <laughs> um, I was going to win. In fact, I did not win. Oh. Uh, a girl named Holly Day down the street whose dad was an orthodontist <laughs> and she got a new bike every single year one. Um, but even as but a you're child, not better. <laughs> I'm not better. No. Um, even as a child, I remember thinking, wow, you got to do it the right way. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's a, I, I was disappointed because I wanted the prize. Um, but the way I got it, I think even then I knew it probably wasn't right. And yeah. my mother used it as a really valuable lesson. Now you, you mentioned in your last answer, gardening a little bit. Um, and we will get into what gardening means to you now, because obviously it's, it's a huge part of your life, but it, where, where did you first get introduced to gardening you know what in alaska um my dad was always working in the yard because we built a house there and mm-hmm. it was a brand new neighborhood so every house was new so i remember him putting in the yard mm-hmm. um then we moved to southern california and our house backed up against an orange grove oh, wow. and so we were always outside in the garden uh, and i remembered going with him to you know a garden store and him letting me pick out a kumquat tree uh, and I named the kumquat tree Melissa and had great fun with it. <laughs> so I don't know if Melissa would count as your favorite childhood memory, but do you have, you know, looking back, you, you were at a lot of different places. What would you pinpoint as like your favorite memory? Oh my gosh, there's so many. I literally <laughs> have been so blessed. Um, when we lived in Alaska, um, we, as expatriates, we got expats. We got to the company would send us back to Texas every three years, mm. and so one year instead of going back to Texas, um, we went to Spain. Oh wow! For three weeks, uh, wow. and it was an amazing experience. First time um, our, anybody in our family had been to Europe, mm. and it was an eye-opening experience to me to the celebration of other cultures. Mm. Uh, and my dad having now gone through seminary, still working in the oil business, but he'd gone through seminary. I remember going to every chapel and every church, and there's a lot of them in Europe. And uh, I remember kind of hearing stories and he would tell stories um, that really made Bible stories come to life for me. But mm. what I remember is us just being together. Mm. Um, and that was a great way to grow up. I mean, yeah. I knew I had a family to count on and, and we had fun together and we enjoyed each other's company very much. Mm. Now, growing up in a bunch of different cities and countries, 
I'm sure this influenced you somehow when it came to thinking about, okay, what am I going to do? You know, cause you watched your dad work in the oil industry and then, you know, later become a pastor. So at what point do you remember really starting to recognize or identify like, Ooh, okay, maybe this is what I want to do. Like what was your biggest dream growing up? Well, I think it's easy to have a hindsight, right? right. I look back now and realize that, you know, I was a brownie. I, I never really made it to Girl Scouts, but <laughs> selling, you know, Girl Scout cookies is a brownie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's come to my attention that my mother was my sister's best customer. She never <laughs> bought any for me. But because I wanted to win in the mm-hmm. snow, I would knock on doors for hours mm-hmm. and hours and hours. Um, and in the summers, we would set up a haunted house in the garage and, you know, kids would pay us to go through. I mean, so maybe I always had an idea that I wanted to kind of create an opportunity. Um, but I don't think for me, there was never a moment that said, I'm going to be a doctor or Mm -hmm. I'm going to be a pastor or I'm going to be a lawyer. Um, it's just kind of evolved experience to experience. And I've been open to new experiences. I've made good choices and not as good choices, but from each one, I've learned from them. Hmm. I mean, and it sounds like, too, you're very driven. <laughs> it sounds like you want to win. <laughs> you want to get into something and you don't stop until you, you've won, you've reached the end, you're at the top. Um, and now where did that come from? Have you always been like that? Or was that maybe something like one of your parents gave you? Um, I think I've always been competitive. Yeah. Um, and I was in a lot of um, sports growing up. Mm. Uh but I think, and maybe I've always been driven because, you know, grades were important. Always having a job was important. But I have to say, um, having a child with very special needs who is fought to stay alive, um, I get to witness drive and grit every single day. Mm-hmm. So that's certainly part of my foundational principles to this point. Yeah. Now, your dad is a pastor now. Um, he is. So- He's an Episcopal priest. That's awesome. Um, so was faith part of your early years? Like, did you grow up going to church? All the time. Okay. It was really our social life. It was our, um, I mean, you know, our, I was too young, but in Alaska, that was my sister's, she was in the youth group and mm-hmm. that was her first, you know, dance she went to and first this and that. And it's just always been something that has been really cornerstone to what we are. And I look now and think what a gift mm-hmm. that that is for me, yeah. uh, because I don't know how I would have really made it through some of life's pretty, um, big challenges with the health and well being of a child without yeah. the foundation of faith. Yeah. Now, how did you stay connected, I guess, to your faith with moving around? Cause I'm assuming that meant you were in a bunch of different churches. We were. And again, it was my family. I, you know what, um, you asked earlier about one of the biggest kind of challenges mm-hmm. and, and I would say, um, when I was a junior in high school living in Singapore, my dad got transferred to London and Mm. nobody likes to move their senior year going into your senior year in high school. And my parents, um, talked about it and offered up the opportunity for me to stay in Singapore. 
they had to go ahead and take this job because it was just too big of an opportunity. Mom was going to stay there for the first semester and then go to England. And I was going to join them and I was going to live with a friend. Um, and they were very kind to do that. I'm not sure Mm -hmm. I would have been able to do that with my daughters. Um, but I didn't know what to do. So I remember going to a history professor, Charles Hart saying, I'm really torn. I don't know what to do. And he said, I've known you, uh, you know, I've worked with you for three years and I think you need to go. Mm. Uh, but I didn't want to hear that. So <laughs> I remember going home that night and my mother said, you have to decide tonight. We're not going to bed till you decide. And yeah. I was tearful and I'd put it off and put it off and I'm a morning person. And so finally I said, I can't do it. My mother just got, you know, her Texas, you know, being a bonnet. And my dad said, Nope. She can tell us in the morning. And I got up, you know, four o'clock in the morning. My dad got up and I'm tearful. And he said, what are you thinking? And I just said, Daddy, I don't know what to do. Mm. And he said, hold on a minute. Close your eyes. And he went and got a book. And he said, open the book and put your finger somewhere on a page. I, I mean, I was totally blindfolded. Um, and he'd gotten a Bible. And he mm-hmm. opened it up. And my finger fell on the words, and he went. And I went. I'm not saying I was lovely to my parents. Uh, When we got to England, I locked myself in a hotel room and thought they'd ruined my life. But then I realized they were the only people I know in the entire country, so I'm best be nice to them. Uh, But those kind of occurrences have been um, a part of my entire life. Next time on Driven Forward... Donna talks about what the move to England kickstarted for her and shares how Gardenuity grew from an idea into a thriving company in the midst of the pandemic. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please take a moment to subscribe and leave us a review to let us know what you think. To learn more about Forward, you can visit forwardwomen.org. That's the number four, W-O-R-D-W-O-M-E-N.org. Thanks for listening. Journey Forward is the answer. Forward only exists because of the generosity of the Forward community. When you give your time, talent, and treasure to Forward, you make it possible for more women in the workplace to find their tribe and be empowered to become all God created them to be in work and life. We have a big goal in front of us, to empower 10 million Christian women in the workplace to change the world by 2030, and you have a part to play. Your financial gifts to Forward support the ongoing Forward operations, support services, digital content like this podcast, as well as our outreach and overall mission. Journey Forward is an easy way for every Forward woman to be part of the mission and vision of Forward through recurring donations at one of four giving levels. To learn more about Journey Forward and to find your level, go to forwardwomen.org and click on the Join the Journey tab at the top of the homepage.